the value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. With me is Philip Saunders, co-head multi-asset growth at 91 in London. Philip, at the time of recording, you're due to present at 91's annual Global Insights Conference, which is returning, thank goodness, as an in-person event in London. What's your message? Because I know you've got two presentations, one on the side and one mainstream, I think. Yes, that's absolutely right, Lindsay. So uh, I'm going to talk about Outlook. So we normally publish an Outlook piece back in November, uh, looking forward uh, to the following year. Uh, and so I'm going to provide an update um, to you know how our thinking has evolved. And I'm also going to be running a panel with three of our equity managers participating where we're going to be talking about what markets currently don't discount adequately, what markets don't get currently, which should be pretty interesting because markets you know have moved very substantially. But there are a lot of areas where the sort of consensus has lots of scope to be challenged. You sent me a piece, or rather I was sent a piece, and the headline is what the market is not getting right. And what is the market not getting right? In other words, what is it getting wrong? Yes, well, I mean, I think that the key thing, of course, is that now we've come a long way. We've seen bubbles bursting, the form of Bitcoin, uh, of profitless U.S. tech companies, actually tech companies more generally. So a number of the sort of COVID bubbles basically have gone sharply into retreat. And this is because, of course, uh, markets are woken up to the fact that the Fed is pretty serious about its sort of change in policy, that inflation needs to be, the dragon of inflation needs to be slain. And that's where I think the first thing is, and that is that what the Fed will have to eventually do in order to get inflation under control is not yet in the price. So slaying the dragon, obviously they have one, certainly the US Federal Reserve and other central banks have only one instrument to slay that dragon, and that is raising interest rates. Are they impotent in that regard? Well, I think that they've got a long way to go because the inflation genie is out of the bottle. And, you know, we can debate about, you know, how much of it is due to supply demand disruptions, which, of course, have got worse because China is having to lock down in order to fend off the new wave of of COVID. So, you know, the Fed basically made a serious policy error by continuing to pump money into markets um, and keep interest rates at emergency levels, even though the economy was booming again. Uh, And now in order to actually get ahead of the game, get ahead of the curve, you know, they've got to move interest rates um, uh, pretty dramatically. Now, that was the great realisation that has been factored into markets this year, with bonds selling off aggressively, having one of their worst quarters in history in terms of returns, and also the equity market reaction to that, which was also uh, very negative. Uh, so, uh, so the key thing really to ask oneself is, uh, you know, is it now in the price, now that markets realise that the Fed is pretty serious about uh, raising rates to be, to contain inflation. Um, but uh, my contention is that they don't realise how far the Fed will have to go, and that's not yet discounted. Uh, and so, therefore, whereas we may have a period of remission, you know, because markets have got, got oversold, yes. by and large, in order to tame the inflation genie, the Fed is probably going to have to do more. Uh, will it do more, though? It might have to do more, but it's probably politically and economically unpalatable for it to do so. But will it do so? Will it stand aside and say, we don't care, we have to put our blinkers on and we have to stick to our guns? You know, I suspect we're in that camp now. And I think the market thinks that they will blink. But the crucial thing is that do you accept more pain 
in the shorter term in order to keep inflation expectations anchored? Or are you prepared to actually try and, you know, fine tune the balance between sort of recession risk on the growth on the one hand and inflation on the other? So it remains to be seen. But at the moment, I think the Fed fully understands that they have got to fight for their credibility. And that, I'm afraid, involves, you know, real interest rates moving into real interest rate territory rather than less negative interest rate territory if they're going to get things under control. Yeah, the U.S. labor market is very tight. Okay, there'll be a few people who uh, can no longer live off their Bitcoin trading and will come back into the workforce. But it's really tight because we haven't really had uh, a proper recession for some time. And we can see inflation effects beginning to become more pervasive. It's not just certain manufactured goods, it's services, it's wages going up and so on and so forth. Okay, we've spoken about the US. What about Europe and emerging markets? Because obviously inflation is a global phenomenon and interest rates rising are the same. So what do you make of Europe? What do you make of emerging markets? And how does it, more importantly, from a 91 perspective, how does it affect your strategy? So taking Europe first, Europe is in this difficult position whereby you've got the negative impact of the Ukraine crisis, depressing growth. Uh, depressing depressing consumer sentiment and so forth. So they're in the unenviable position of having to raise interest rates, even though growth is clearly on a somewhat negative trajectory, at least sort of over the next 12 to 15 months. So Europe is in that situation. Interest rates have been kept too low for too long, and now they're having to actually raise them, even though the growth outlook is not that great. If we move to emerging markets, that's interesting because emerging markets generally have to live in the real world. And so emerging market central banks in many areas, you know, were moving to actually raise interest rates and tighten monetary conditions, you know, in the summer of last year. So that, that, that's been happening. So even though the Fed and the ECB have been sitting on their hands, you know, the central bank, for example, of the Czech Republic, you know, has raised rates very aggressively. And they're not alone. So that, in a way, suggests that quite a lot of emerging market assets are closer to to being priced properly for a higher interest rate, somewhat higher inflation environment, you know, whereas that is arguably not necessarily the case in the developed world. You've got two presentations coming up at the 91 Global Insights Conference, as we spoke about earlier on. I would imagine that you're sitting down every single day and saying, okay, I've written this, but now it's it's redundant or it's not quite as relevant as it was. I've got to change this because conditions are changing every single day, Philip. No, I think that they are changing. I mean, there is a sort of realisation unfold. But really, if you stand back and look at what's been going on, certain absurd bubbles have been burst and they're correcting viciously, yeah? And whereas, you know, essentially it was all about continuing liquidity now you start to withdraw liquidity. You know, there's a meaningful threat that liquidity is being drawn. Liquidity conditions are clearly being tightened. And everything that has been buoyed up by this excessive amount of liquidity, you know, is now beginning to feel the heat. So, I mean, you know, Buffett's obviously famous uh, um, statement that uh, it's only when you see the tide going out mm. that you see who's been swimming naked. Yes. Yes. And now we're really seeing who's been swimming naked in a big way. So, yes, you, the Ukraine crisis was, came out of the blue. Very few people sort of predicted it, even when the Russian troops were massed, massed around the border. 
And that has had the effect of compounding some of these drivers that have already been in place. So they've basically increased fearfulness. They boosted commodity prices, which in turn is boosting inflation pressures. Yeah. And they've also introduced the fact that, you know, there are serious geopolitical risks. You know, <laughs> Russia is nuclear armed. They might use sort of tactical nuclear weapons. So we've been in an environment where liquidity, having been abundant, is now receding pretty rapidly. China was first, of course, and then basically emerging markets, other emerging markets, and then finally the US and now uh, potentially Europe too. And that is a very significant change in the underlying environment. That's the most profound thing that's going on. And we're seeing the fallout from that. And then obviously you have the Ukraine crisis that uh, confuses the situation even further. And there are sort of, you know, again, basically it looks as if this has got further to run. And there are some imponderable effects, you know, tail risks that we need to also take into account. So challenging situation. Very challenging. And not least for you, uh, 91 in London. Very good luck with your Global Insights Conference. Philip Saunders is co-head of multi-asset growth at 91 in London. This podcast is a marketing communication and is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of 91. In South Africa, 91 is an authorised financial services provider.